you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Aaron Rodgers says some people can't handle the truth. Is he right? We'll tell you what the Packers quarterback had to say Wednesday ahead of their huge game on Sunday. We're live in Tampa as well. Is this the get-right game for the Buccaneers, or should the same be said for the Ravens? We'll go to Raymond James. And this guy's a first-place quarterback. We're live in Seattle. QB of the Seahawks, Geno Smith, NFL Now, NFL Network. No matter how many times I say it, it still feels weird, Steve Wedge, doesn't it, that this is week eight? How, I was thinking about that today. We're at the midway point, sort of. Sort of. Of the season. The week eight. It has blown thing by. Kind of still messes it up. But, yeah, we're kind of basically halfway there. Wedge, I'm Andrew Siciliano. This is NFL Now on a game day. The trade deadline is Tuesday. We had a former first-round pick only a year ago dealt earlier this morning. We'll tell you about that and where he is going momentarily let's open however with week eight kickoff here the ravens of the Buccaneers. shortly after 8 p.m eastern time this evening prime video of the pirate ship raymond james stadium uh, the Buccaneers, a first place team at three and four the ravens a first place team as well at four and three hi there sarah walsh a first place team try to get their quarterback going not as if lamar jackson's you know, playing poorly, but the first two weeks of the year, remember them six weeks ago when he's throwing these bombs and he's amazing. They would love to see that guy tonight. And they just haven't seen consistently, right? Like this team has won a game, they've lost a game, they've won a game, they've lost a game, so they really want to string something together. And then to your point, if you go back over the first three games of this season, Lamar Jackson and this Ravens offense led the league in scoring. They were averaging more than 33 points a game. And then past that, well, it's really dropped off. His passer rating has dropped. They are now averaging just a little more than 20 points a game. That's two fewer touchdowns. So they want to get back to what they were doing in the first part of the season. Well, why have things changed? Lamar is being pressured more than anybody else in terms of being blitzed. He's being forced out of the pocket, and that's where they have had some issues. This is a Bucks team that typically is thought of as a team that's going to go after you and blitz, but the Bucks have been blitzing at the lowest rate since Todd Bowles has come to Tampa so far. Now, Lamar is very good, obviously, with his legs. The Bucks are very well aware of that. He is fifth in the league in rushing right now, and now he gets a Bucks secondary that is beyond banged up. They have allowed rushing yards in a way we have not really seen here in Tampa, so could that be the cure for Lamar Jackson and company. Lamar and the Ravens have not been especially good in the fourth quarter. That has been a point of emphasis. They want to be better there. He has 13 passing touchdowns. Only one of them has come in the fourth quarter. That could match up well for the Ravens against a Bucks defense that Todd Bowles has said he has concerns about them being fatigued. We have seen breakdowns in the fourth quarter and Todd points to them being fatigued. And the reality is, is his defense has been left out on the field a lot because his offense can't get it going. So Lamar Jackson and company, they have some things in their favor, if you look at the matchup on paper right now, going against a Bucks team that has been reeling as of late, Andrew. And banged up defensively, certainly, with another name added to that list today. The Buccaneers officially ruled out Akeem Hicks. 
So he's down as well tonight. Thank you, Sarah Walsh, live there in Tampa. Bucks and the Ravens as we welcome in Mark Ross to this conversation as well. It kind of it kind of feels like a get-right game here for the Ravens, Mark. That is understanding they still did win a big division game last week. Yeah, despite all the doom and gloom with the Ravens, because those 10-point blown leads were so dramatic, you know, they're pretty much in a good position. They got a winning record. They're leading the division. Lamar has looked like the MVP at times. So there's a lot of positives still there for the Ravens. It's just been... If they could have held on to those leads, they'd be looking even better up there with Buffalo and KC as some of the best in the league. But when you look at their schedule the rest of the way, Andrew, tonight they're not favorites. But if you look at the rest of their schedule and how it sets up, you'll look and say they'll probably be favorite up until that very last game against Cincinnati in Cincinnati. So I love the Ravens' chances here of, okay, we know if we just stop really imploding and beating ourselves in endgame situations, go back to the Ravens that we know that, you know, play running football and dynamic football with Lamar Jackson, let our defense get after teams when we have the lead, get back to the good coaching that we know Harbaugh can do. I think this is still an under-the-radar team that can still make a run uh, despite – the blown leads in the three-game streak. And as Sarah mentioned, the consistency needs to be there. They won one, lost one. Uh, They won last week, so they're due for a loss. So let's see, Andrew, if they can string together some consistency. That's really the key for this season for the Ravens up to this point. Yeah, Mark, as much as this is a pride check game for the Buccaneers, this is kind of a character check for the Ravens because everything on paper says the Ravens, their strengths going against the Buccaneers' weaknesses Should play out tonight. I mean, look, you know, Sarah just talked about some of the injuries on defense and the interior of their defensive front for the Buccaneers, some things in the secondary. That plays right to what the Ravens do well. But the Ravens do a lot of things well until certain points of the game. And this is where, you know, the way they finished out last week against the Browns wasn't the best, but they were able to close it out. If they are able to build on that against a Buccaneers team that seems ripe to, to, to get beat, then that, that says something about the Ravens. They'll finally have strung together those two games. They'll finally realize, okay, we've got something going right here. But if they don't, then they've got to figure out exactly what's going on. So, again, on paper and everything we've seen, the, the, the Ravens, I don't know if it's a get-right game, but it should be a get-better game against the Buccaneers. But, again, I think the Buccaneers are going to show a little pride tonight, and we'll see. It's a, it's a big test character-wise for both of these teams. And it's a big 10-day window here for the Ravens. They have the odd back-to-back NFC road games in primetime schedule here. Next week, they're Monday night in New Orleans. So heading back to the NFC South, and then they get a bye. So huge 10 days here. Yep. They can win these two. They go to the bye, get a little healthy, and sit back and watch the rest of the AFC North fight it out. Thank you, Mark Ross. Thank you, Steve Weich. Let's get to one of the games at 4 o'clock coming up on Sunday. It's the first-place Giants and the first-place Seahawks after New York somehow pulled it out again last Sunday. They kept Christian Kirk out of the end zone with no time left on the clock, and they go to 6-1. and one. And now they go to Seattle. Brian Boldinger. Jeff Chidea here. And, Jeff, they, they go there with a great rushing attack. What's the game plan here that the Seahawks need? The game plan is stop the run. That's first and foremost for this team, Andrew, because they have one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL. They rank 29th in that department. And the Giants are coming in with a very formidable 
run game. Obviously, Saquon Barkley, as Pete Carroll said, is a dynamic runner, great balance, great vision, great explosiveness. But you couple that with what Daniel Jones brings in the run game. He helps Saquon Barkley get going because he's a weapon as well with his legs, his ability to run the football. You saw it last week when both those players went over 100 yards. This game could be very much like that New Orleans game a few weeks ago with the Seahawks, where you had Alvin Kamara and and the quarterback, Taysom Hill, just going nuts, both running for 100 yards. So, Baldy, they got to find a way to slow down this rush attack because the Giants can run the football. Uh, they can, and the, the Seahawks are running the football as well here pretty well. Hey, the trade deadline is Tuesday. We keep telling you that. We have a deal. A guy that was a first-round pick in 2020. Kadarius Tony, the 20th overall pick just 18 months ago, is going to Kansas City. Andy Reid gets a new toy. But one Tom Pelissero that has had a hard time getting on the field. Tony played only 12 games in two years with the Giants. That's right, Andrew, and he missed 12 other games because of injuries. Kadarius Tony has not seen the field since week two because of what the team has called a hamstring injury, though my understanding has been he is close to getting back on the field, quite possibly could be available when the Chiefs come back from their bye next week. For the Giants, there's a new regime in town with Brian Dable and Joe Shane. This was a draft pick made, the final first-rounder by the former GM, Dave Gettleman. Really did not necessarily fit and obviously was not able to stay on the field. So that new regime decided to do what many others do, which is move on, take the value now, and clear some fully guaranteed money off the books. Tony has over $5 million fully guaranteed on his contract through 2024. The Chiefs now take that on, and they feel like there's a potential bargain here, not just the upside with Tony in terms of his talent, if they can get him healthy and stay on the field, but also the fact they have him cost-controlled now for 23 24, and then a fifth-year option for 2025 as well as they try to unlock things with Andy Reid, who, of course, always has plans for those different types of weapons in his offense. Absolutely, and the Giants cut their losses, if you will, here. Um, I'll use that phrase, cut their losses with the Broncos to transition to them. So they're 2-5. and They're in London this week. Russell Wilson's hamstring is certainly a question. He was on the field today as limited. But George Payton, Tom, the Denver GM, with all kinds of talk swirling about Nathaniel Hackett's job status, only seven games in, met with reporters today in London, and he was pretty emphatic. He was, Andrew. He said that he believes in Nathaniel Hackett and supports Hackett 100%. Now, plenty of people will look at those quotes and say, what else do you expect him to say? But these were important words for George Payton, as you said, Andrew, in light of some of the rumors and speculation that have been out there about Hackett's job. Payton brought up something else that's important here, which is that four of the Broncos games already this season have been in prime time. So you have the entire country watching as Nathaniel Hackett, like a lot of young coaches, makes some mistakes and makes some good decisions that can open him up to criticism here. Now, everything has been obviously far from perfect, and that also includes for quarterback Russell Wilson, who's been limited the past two days in practice. He has made clear publicly and privately that he wants to play after sitting out last week. He believes that he can get on the field this week against the Jaguars, despite dealing with a partially torn hamstring, a grade two strain that is a significant and normally multi-week injury here. Wilson has been banged up with several different injuries throughout the course of the season. Has shown flashes, especially in the first halves of games. Broncos have not been able to finish. That's not all on Nathaniel Hackett. Obviously, he's a key voice in that room, and it all ultimately comes back upon him. But by coming out publicly and saying, listen, 
We support him. We believe in him. That should, you would think, pour some water on the idea that the Broncos could be contemplating changes sooner than later with a guy who, let's remember, Andrew, they chose after a cross-country trip, flying in, interviewing people in, fer- in person. I want to say there were 10 or so candidates that they spent time with. They settled on Nathaniel Hackett for a reason, and they want to give him the opportunity, maybe with changes, staff changes, personnel changes, to get this thing right over the second half of the year. Listen, I, I like Nathaniel Hackett, but I will throw in this caveat here. There's a different ownership group there now, obviously. And who knows? They're 2-5. and five. They need to win. It would help if they beat the Jaguars, certainly, this Sunday. They have two standalone games left, this one and then one later in the year, against Kansas City. All right. In New England, Tom, yesterday, it, it sounds like it's Mac Jones. Mac Jones was on the podium yesterday. Bill Belichick said Mac Jones is, is starting this week, although he, he, for some reason, still won't use the word start. There's a bit of a Pee Wee's Playhouse thing going on here, Andrew. It seemed like Bill Belichick was trying to send us the message without saying the word of the day. Yes, it certainly appears that Mac Jones, as was expected, is going to be the starter. And importantly, one thing Belichick did say was he got full reps. We believe he's ready to go in full, which is different than a week ago where the Patriots went into that Monday night game against the Bears, believing that Mac Jones, who was coming off a pretty severe high ankle sprain that he had suffered about a month before, was not going to be able to take all the reps, and so they were going to give Bailey Zappi some time as well. Now, of course, there's a whole bunch of other questions here about the way that Bailey Zappi has played, although certainly the second half was not as good as those first couple of drives that he led on Monday night. The fan reaction and the Zappi fever that seems to have taken over Boston at this point, but Bill Belichick, Andrew, has been supportive of Mac Jones talked in the offseason about how he had grown light years from the previous year. Compliments you don't normally hear from Bill Belichick. It's very clear. He believes Mac Jones can be the guy. He is going to support him in his own way, and that starts with him being in the lineup this week again against the Jets. Against the Jets, exactly. Did not think that we would work a Pee Wee's Playhouse reference into the show. Well done, Tom Pelissero. Patriots, by the way, have beaten the Jets 12 consecutive games. NFL now on a game day. Coming up. Thank you, Tom. Aaron Rodgers says you can't handle the truth. He kind of sort of did. We'll play it for you straight ahead. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL now, NFL Network. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have not looked good of late. They've lost three consecutive. Rodgers says younger players or older players, all players need to be more accountable. If you're not doing your job, you shouldn't get as many reps. Here's what he said yesterday. I think people in this uh, society have a hard time hearing the truth sometimes. So... I'm going to hold guys accountable. Matt's going to hold guys accountable. Vrabel's going to hold guys accountable. JD's going to hold guys accountable. Ben's going to hold guys accountable. Steno and Buckets going to hold guys accountable. And we need guys to to focus in on the mental part of this. I'm not going to be a robot up here. You know, I don't, I don't understand why people have a problem with uh, things that are truthful. Um, you know, I'm calling things the way I see it. 
people don't think I need to air that stuff out. That's their opinion. But I'm doing what I think is the best interest of our guys. And I've tried a lot of different things from a leadership standpoint this year. And, you know, I was just relating my personal feelings in the situation. I didn't call anybody out by name. Um, I think we all need to, to be on the details. And that includes me. If I need to have, you know, one-on-one -on -one extra conversations with those guys during the week, then I'm going to do that. Said this before, Stacey Dales, I don't have a problem with it. We tell athletes, you know, don't throw guys out of the bus. Don't, don't tell us what you actually feel. Why? You want, you want cliches instead? That's why you pay Aaron Rodgers $50 million to hold people accountable. Josh Allen, the other quarterback here, has certainly hit on a lot of deep shots, whether it's Stephon Diggs or Gabe Davis. And, and there's this weird, I don't want to call it a passing of the torch, Stacey, here. But, you know, two Northern California quarterbacks, Josh Allen says that obviously he's taken so much of his game watching Aaron Rodgers growing up. Um, this, is, this is fascinating on Sunday. It really is fascinating. It'll be the second meeting of their career. And obviously, Josh Allen leads the league in pass yards per game, touchdowns per game. I mean, he's been brilliant this season coming off the bye this week. But to hear the reverence and the respect of which he speaks about Aaron Rodgers, really cool. 12 years in age separate the two. But he talked yesterday in his press conference about watching Rodgers. That was one of the guys he watched growing up. You mentioned it, Andrew, both from California and he saw a quarterback that he said did things that nobody else had really done as far as getting out on the move, throwing off platform, and um, the accuracy, just the impeccable accuracy, and called him dynamic. But he actually said yesterday, you guys, that he still will watch Aaron Rodgers in warm-up. And from, he talked about where his hand starts to where it finishes and how quick that trigger is. Uh, just... The, the words of, of um, respect, I think, were really impactful yesterday. And this is going to probably be an emotional game for Josh Allen because of that. And uh, certainly, though, uh, he's got a pretty good defense to go along with uh, that outstanding offense, the number one total, number one scoring defense that is uh, in the scientist room tinkering away with what they're going to do against Aaron Rodgers on uh, on Sunday night. It should it, be a good one. Interesting to talk about like the follow through and all that. These are two quarterbacks that when I'm at one of their games, I, I make a point of watching them warm up. I know that sounds weird. They, they both are, are it, it, they're fun to watch here. They're two very different players here. Um, but this one's going to be fun on Sunday. Thank you, Dales. Yeah. The lab. the lab. Yeah, in the lab. Sunday night at Orchard Park. Sunday afternoon at Lumen. That guy and the Seahawks face the Giants. We'll head to Seattle. Talk to Geno Smith coming up. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Gino has time, stands strong, got some running room, pump fake. Now he's going to lay it up over the top, got a man, Metcalf, stutter steps, 10, down to the five, he is in, touchdown, Gino, negotiates the blitz down the middle, touchdown, Gino fires a shot. What a beautiful pass from Gino Smith there. Gino play fake, Gino dumps it off in the flat, touchdown, 
And the Seahawks are just kind of running these Lions ragged. Smith from the shotgun. Geno steps up in the pocket. Going to let it fly. Down the middle. Gun locking. Touchdown! Are you kidding me? Holy catfish, what a perfect throw! All Geno Smith does is throw touchdowns. He has 11 of them this year. He's quarterbacking a first-place team in the NFC West, the Seahawks, and he is live with us now from Seattle. Geno Smith, how are you, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I don't know that anybody, Geno, back in August, would have, like, circled week eight Giant Seahawks as, like, the primo game at 4 o'clock Eastern time. Could you, could you have seen all of this coming and this kind of spotlight and this kind of success? Um, you know, without being uh, sounding arrogant or cocky, yes. Um, we've been working hard as a team, man. Our, our guys have been working hard. We got the right group of guys. Uh, I think this started back in OTAs with just the way we prepared. You know, we, we were, you know, really hungry. Seemed like a really hungry team back then, and uh, that's carried true throughout the season so far. No, it's not cockiness. It's confidence. And I love what you said to Peter King on Monday. A lot of quarterbacks praise their coaches. They say the right things. I want to read this quote, though, Gino, about what you said about Pete Carroll. Our success so far starts with the trust and belief of our head coach. Not many coaches would start two rookies on the O-line, a rookie running back, two rookie cornerbacks, be comfortable with the starting quarterback who hasn't played in years. The message that Pete Carroll sent to all of you with those moves, how much has that meant? Uh, just, you know, for me personally, it's meant everything because, uh, you know, I've been working and uh, I've been here in Seattle backing up Russell for, for three years. And, uh, you know, my only goal was to be seen, you know, to, to make sure that obviously I was doing my best for Russell, but also putting in the work, man, the hours that we've spent in the weight room, in the classroom, and just doing all the little things that people may not see every day, but, you know, coach sees it. And uh, for him to reward, you know, me with the opportunity as well as my teammates who've also been working hard, I think it just speaks volume to the type of guy he is, the type of coach he is. And also, man, he knows his stuff. You know, he knows ball players, he knows ball, and he's not afraid to go against the conventional uh, wisdom sometimes. What is this game? mean to you guys as well you know, joking before about the Giants and the Seahawks obviously the Giants put together a great season no joking here they're six and one they find a way to close games out seemingly every week and they are in it in the fourth quarter Gino seemingly every week mm-hmm you know this game uh it's gonna be another big game and um we're uh, about to reach the mid midway point of the season uh the playoff structure is gonna start uh to to, to build itself out and for us, man, we want to be in that talk. We want to be in those talks. And so the Giants have a great team, 6-1 uh, and one team. Like you said, they've been, you know, finishing in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, they have a new coach who's doing a tremendous job. Uh, Saquon looks like he's back to his old self. Their defense is playing well. Uh, Daniel Jones is playing well. And so for us, man, it's another test. Um, as we always look at these games as championship opportunities. And this is another one for us. Uh, we look forward to it, man. I think they're going to present great challenges, and I uh, look forward to being up, up to those challenges. I'm not trying to put you in an awkward spot here. I know you and Russell share the quarterback room here for a while, and obviously they've had their struggles. I know it means something for fans. I, I know the fans there in Seattle are, are watching every move for Russell and the Broncos. Are you guys at all in that locker room? Do you, do you keep an eye on it? Man, you know, I keep an eye on the entire NFL, and Russell's my brother. Um, you know, I know he's, he's, he's going through some things uh, physically right now with his injury. I pray that he heals up and gets back, you know, really soon. 
But he'll be fine. You know, he's going he's gonna to pull out of that. He's going to play. I expect him to play really well down the stretch. Uh, we're, we're just focusing on us, though. You know, as a team, we're working on the things that we can do to get better, not looking outside, not getting caught up in the hype, really just grinding, man. You know, you got guys, you know, what I see is guys in the weight room at 6 a.m., you know, four days out the week, guys studying after practice, you know, putting their best foot forward to be a great, great player and, and be a great team. And obviously everyone saw in primetime what happened week number one. You guys got that win. You beat the Broncos. You also, Gino, after that game, gave Lisa Salters this, like, amazing quote. And, and I think for all of us sitting at home watching on the couch, this, this awesome, like, heartwarming moment. We want to play that for you one more time. For the folks you said had written you off, maybe, what did they say to them? Yeah, they wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. That's the problem. I ain't right back. Let's go. All right. Congratulations, Gino. Thank you, thank you. Just curious, Gino, do you ever plan to write back? <laughs> um, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, you know, and that, and that quote was uh, kind of spur of the moment, but the reality is, is that uh, I think it just says, man, hey, look, man, you know, not everyone's going to believe in you, uh, but what matters is, is what you see for yourself and how you believe in yourself and how the guys around you believe in you. And also just taking the high road, you know, a lot of uh, things were said um, and a lot of those things may not have been true, but who, who cares about, you know, trying to uh, talk about it? You know, you just got to take the high road and keep on going. Let your play do the writing. And so far, it's writing a pretty amazing story here for this football team. Geno Smith, the first place Seattle Seahawks get the Giants this week. Good luck, Geno. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Love it. Don't plan to write back. All right, we're going to write the story now of this one on TNF to open up week eight. The four and three Baltimore Ravens, the three and four Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Don't know if you've heard. Maybe you haven't. The Buccaneers have lost consecutive games. Hi there, Sarah Walsh, to teams with losing records. How does Tom Brady avoid, what are they saying, losing three straight games tonight? Well, Mike Evans, his wide receiver, said if they lost three straight, that would be terrible. That is unusual circumstances here in Tampa, certainly since Tom Brady came to town. But for as difficult as things have been for this offense, I think people understand if there is one person on this entire planet that can turn things around, it is the guy that plays quarterback here in Tampa. Now, this is not all on Tom. There are a lot of things that are causing problems for this Buccaneers offense. And I don't think you can underestimate what the absence of of Rob Gronkowski has meant this season because right now Brady is playing with two rookie tight ends. Their veteran tight end Cameron Brate has been out. They have struggled to run the football on a remade offensive line. And then Russell Gage out again tonight. Julio Jones, who's missed several games this season. He's a big question mark tonight. You never know what you're going to get out of him. So that leaves Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on the field. And that's really kind of been it for Brady. There have been questions in the red zone. They've struggled there. They've struggled in short yardage situations. And then one thing Tom called attention to this week is the way that this team has played out of the gates. And I don't like to make too much about the opening drive of a game, right? Because there's plenty of games still left to be played. But this defense for the Buccaneers has given up points early on in games and the offense has struggled to get going. And Tom pointed to that this week and said, look, we're not playing with the lead because we haven't earned it. And then when you're not playing with the lead, the other team is playing the way they want and we can't do that. It was very telling. He was asked, do you have hope that this offense is finally going to start to gel? And he said, there's hope and there's the reality. And you have to focus on the reality because the reality is we have not played our best football, Andrew. They have not. And the reality is this as well. This is a difficult stretch of three games. The Ravens at home, 
Then the Rams at home. Remember, the Rams knocked him out of the postseason last year in that building. And then, thank you, Sarah Walsh, it's a trip to Germany. The NFL is headed to Germany for the first time. And you could get in on the action. We're sending one lucky fan plus three guests to Munich to watch Tom Brady and the Bucks take on DK Metcalf and the Seahawks. Winning fans will enjoy a week in Munich that also features a Bayern Munich European football match. No purchase necessary. To enter and for rules, visit NFL.com slash Munich sweepstakes. All right, let's skip ahead to Monday. Joe Burrow on Halloween takes the Bengals into Cleveland to face a team he's never beaten. That's right. Joe Burrow 0 for 3 against the Browns. Bengals haven't beaten Cleveland since the 2019 Freddie Kitchens regular season finale. You know, in the past, they've kind of just done what they do, and they're good at it. And the, the spots of their defense and what their defense is built to do is kind of keep everything in front. And so we'll, we'll see what they do. I'm sure they'll have a couple, couple mix-ups for us like everybody does, but we're, we're anticipating to do what they do. And again, this game is Monday. Mark Ross, Steve White, back with me. The, the historical little nugget there about Burrow never beating him in four in a row, that's nice. But the reality right now, and Burrow reminded everyone, I think, of this today, is, listen, we've also won four to five, and they've lost four in a row. You're not going to make an Orange Helmets reference on Halloween? On Halloween, they're <laughs> going to be the two teams with Orange Helmets. There you go. Now, to get back to your question, Cleveland could not have picked the worst time to be losing the way they're losing against a team that has found its way. The Cincinnati Bengals offensively seem to be playing like the Bengals we thought they were. The big play, Joey Burrow and what they're doing with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd in this passing game has opened things up. But also the Browns are not great against the run. So if the Bengals, Mark, are able to get out early with plays like this, what an incredible throw, just, just a throw. If they're able to get out early in the passing game, make Cleveland play from behind, that's where Joe Mixon and Tamaje Pirine can get going on the ground, and that's where I think Cincinnati might open up their offense even a little bit more, again, against the Browns team right now, lost four straight, just not playing well. Right, see, that's why we had such high hopes for the Bengals. Let sleeping dogs lie there. They lost two in a row, but you know they had the talent, probably the most skilled talent of anybody in the league, led by Joe Burrow. And we know the explosiveness of Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, but we really haven't had a huge game from Joe Mixon, as you mentioned, and he's always due for a huge breakout game, running the ball if they get ahead. But also coupled with that is this underrated Bengals defense who has not allowed a touchdown in the second half this season. And it's only the third team in the last 50 years of the NFL to do that. So you've got the explosive pass game, you still have the potential of Joe Mixon in the run game, and now you've got this defense that is really playing at the highest level of the league, shutting teams down in the second half. This is a Bengals team that was in the Super Bowl last year, and the way they're playing right now could be right back in the mix for it. Yeah, Mark, I mean, those Bengals safeties, Von Bell and Jesse Bates, I mean, they just seem to be everywhere at every shot, whether it's in the other team's backfield or on the back end of that secondary, they're playing exceptionally well as a tandem right now. I want to clarify one thing I said. Burrow didn't point out that they've lost four in a row. He, he instead was focusing on the now as opposed to the losing streaks against them historically. And again, it's been four straight. Burrow was also asked about Halloween. 
said that he's not a big costume guy, although he did once dress as the Red Power Ranger as a six-year-old. I think this young man is right around six as well, maybe a little bit older. I think this costume wins so far. This is <laughs> Joe Burrow dressed as Jamar Chase. This is awesome. So he, he's not just dressed as Joe Burrow. He's dressed as Joe Burrow dressed as Jamar Chase with the earbuds. Well done. Well done. Well done, little man. Happy Halloween, by the way. What are you dressing as? Uh, I'm dressing as a 56-year-old man handing out candy. I'm going to be dressing as a middle-aged sportscaster on Monday. Tune in to see that show. It'll be fun. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.